You are listening to Meet the Thriller Author. I am your host, Alan Peterson, and this is episode number 35. In this episode, we'll be meeting Adam Croft, a British author uh, known for his crime fiction. Uh, he's best known for the Kempston Hardwick Mysteries and Night and Clover House thrillers, as well as, two, as his 2015 worldwide best-selling psychological thriller, Her Last Tomorrow, which became one of the biggest-selling books of the year. Uh, Adam has sold more than half a million books around the world and in 2016 was featured by The Guardian as one of the biggest selling authors of the year and he regularly takes part in discussions and panels on publishing and the future of books so I'm excited to have him on here to talk about his novels, uh, his writing process and about the, uh, the publishing business. I'd like to also ask you to, uh, for your support and visiting our sponsor uh, which is Audible at uh, www.audibletrial.com forward slash MTTA you'll find a lot of great audiobooks there uh, including a lot of great thrillers including Adam Croft's Nights and Clubberhouse thrillers you'll find those on Audible so check it out at audibletrial.com forward slash MTTA Hey everybody I have uh, Adam Croft on for this uh, episode of the uh, podcast uh, and uh, he's uh, nice enough to uh, be uh, calling us in from uh, from the UK, so it's uh, kind of late late over there. Thank you, Adam, for being on the show so late. Oh, it's my pleasure. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, yes, well, as you said, I'm, I'm from the UK. I um, I write two series of books as well as um, some psychological thrillers, which aren't in series. Um, the main series is the Night and Culverhouse crime thrillers, which are uh, set in a, a fictional British town and uh, revolves around the lives of the police officers there and, and the, the grisly murders that they investigate and also the uh, the Kempston Hardwick mysteries which are I suppose the best way of describing them is a kind of a, a tongue-in-cheek um, look at the, the traditional British murder mysteries your Agatha Christie type things so kind of a, a nod to those and the, the Sherlock Holmes types of mysteries but um, also kind of a, a comedy look at them I think more of a more of a pastiche at those. So yeah, some a lot of work in thrillers and uh, across the sort of crime and mystery spectrum as well. And are they set? Are they content, contemporary times? They are, yes, yeah. Although um, although with the Kempston Hardwick ones, even though the rest of the world is is contemporary, he isn't. He's uh, he's kind of lost in history somewhere, shall we say? And so why did you choose to write the thrillers were you, and mysteries? Were you a fan of the genre before you started as a reader, before you started writing? Um, yes, yeah. I mean, I, I, I've read, you know, the, the Sherlock Holmes and the Agatha Christie's and things like that. And, um, and they're a lot of fun. They're very formulaic. They're, they're quite easy to write. Um, I've done four of those so far. They, they don't sell as well as the, the thrillers, but they're, they're a lot of fun. And, and you know, comedy is, is, a, is a thing that I, I really like as well and that creeps into my writing whether I want it to or not, and that's a, that's a good outlet for that because um, you know, the way the, the detectives work together in, in that series is 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 quite fun. Without giving too much away, their um, their personalities don't always rub off on each other as well as they should do. And uh, is that the Night and Coverhouse uh, crime thrillers? Uh... Uh, that, that's the Kempston Hardwick ones. Yeah, the Night and Coverhouse ones. They're they're also um, very similar in that kind of sense that their their personalities don't work all that well together. Jack Culverhouse is uh, the DCI, the Detective Chief Inspector, so he kind of runs the the murder teams, if you like. And he's he's very much an old school kind of detective. Um, uh, I'm not sure how much you know about the sort of British policing, but very much in the 70s and 80s, there was a lot of corruption going on. A lot of um, it didn't really matter so much if you got the right person, as long as you locked somebody up and uh, and potentially even beat them up at the same time. 
So he's very much of that kind of old school. He's not resisted. Uh, he's not taken the change very well and the, uh, the, the modern styles of policing, whereas uh, DS, Detective Sergeant Wendy Knight, has... It, she's more of the, the, the new school of detective, I suppose. Oh, that's something really fascinating. She's like two different generations are, are of detectives. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, uh, yeah, it's getting, we're getting a little bit better over here because uh, we get BBC of America now, so we watch like Luther and those shows. So, so we're starting to understand it a little bit better. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, um, have you seen Life on Mars? Did you, did you have no, that I haven't. There? I saw the, the American version, which wasn't very good, and, but I keep hearing the British version is excellent, which it was based on, but I have not seen that yet. Yeah, a lot of people have likened um, Jack Culverhouse to Gene Hunt. So he's uh, he's that kind of um, old school policeman, I suppose, to describe it. Yeah, and your books are selling uh, very, very, very well on this side of the pond. Do you find, um, is there is there any nuances to writing, you know, a British you know, story set in England, in the UK, but you have a lot of, um, a lot of American readers? Any challenges in that? There are. Yeah, I mean, my books are very, very British, and I do get a lot of um, emails and comments and reviews from American readers who are, they're, they're kind of split. I mean, half of them say, you know, I don't have a clue what all this, what these phrases mean and, and what's going on here, and the other half like it because it's it's quirky and it's different, and it's it's different to, to what most American readers um, get over there, I suppose. So, yeah, it kind of splits in half. Um, I mean, most of my readership is, is in the UK, so I, I very much write for, for a UK audience. But I'm, I'm very wary of the fact that I've got a lot of American readers and a lot of readers all over the world as well. So it's, it's something I, I bear in mind, but I'm also quite wary of the fact that, um, you know, that, that readers in America and Australia, Canada, do quite like the the definite Britishness of the books as well. Yeah, I think it's, uh, for, yeah, my, for my personal taste, I, I think it's really cool because it's like, it's like a little different, it's like a change of pace versus, you know, always reading about the FBI or the, you know, local police here. It's, it's neat to see a different culture and the way policing is done o- over there. And uh, so, yes, yeah, I think it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I think that's why the Kempston Hardwick books actually sell better abroad than they do in the UK because they're that kind of um, English village chocolate box um sort of a golden age mystery uh, type of series. So you, you don't see the, the grisly murders or anything like that. It's very much um, about the puzzle and the traditional mystery side of things. So those ones tend to do a lot better abroad because I suppose they, they put out this this image of a Britain that, that doesn't actually exist anymore. Um, and I think a lot of people abroad like that quite style. Yeah, like you said before with the whole Agatha Christie, I mean, she's so famous you know, the whole world, so that's probably... People are more familiar with with that style. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're a lot of fun to write. They're not as, as commercially successful, so I've only done four of those, um, and they're they're not um, not normally at the, the front of my list to write, but they're they're definitely the ones I enjoy writing the most. How long have you been writing for? Uh, professionally for um, oh god, nearly six years now. Actually, yeah, yeah. The um, January twenty eleven, my first book was released. So yeah, um, but I've been writing all my life. Um, I kind of fell into it accidentally uh, on a professional level, I suppose. Didn't really expect it to take off. Always hoped that it would. Always hoped to be a professional writer, but I was also quite quite realistic as well, and, and never actually expected it to. So I've uh, yeah, been, been sort of taking it in my stride and 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 uh, slowly getting used to it, and actually working out what to do now. About six years in. Yeah, and well, you've sold uh, hundreds of thousands of books, so it looks like you've got uh, you, you, you you got some of it figured out. <laughs> 
I'm getting there. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm. I'm one small step towards taking over the world, which is my ultimate, uh, my <laughs> ultimate goal. And and now I saw too in your bio that you are that you've uh, published with uh, Thomas and Mercer, and on your and independently. Uh, what's is there a, a big difference between the two? Uh, being a hybrid. Um, there is, yeah. I mean, I think that the experience with Thomas and Mercer is is different to what it would be with um, another kind of mainstream publisher because they're part of Amazon. It, it's, um, it's. Oh, I'd say it's much more like self-publishing, but with a lot of support behind you. And they give you a lot of control over you know, input onto cover designs, working very closely with the editors. Um, and you, you always feel like you're in control of the process still. So that's, that, that's always a really good thing. And they're, they're, you know, they're fantastic to work with on that front. So it's, it's not quite the same as working with a, a mainstream publisher, I suppose, even though I've, I've never worked with one. But um, it, oh, it's, I think it's kind of, they, they are a halfway house almost. So it's, um, it, it doesn't feel like, like selling out or, or changing what I'm doing completely. And, you know, of course, in the meantime, I can keep putting my books out in my series um as a as a self-published author as well Oh yeah that's great because usually you hear when the traditionally you know the big five or whatever they'll they would like had not make you sign non-compete clauses and all these draconian rules so that's kind of nice that they let you do your own thing still yeah no they're very good and they're very um they're very open about things um you know you didn't have to sign my life away or anything like that still um still able to keep writing my my two series they were they're very clear that what they wanted was the psychological thrillers um, even things like film and TV rights I've, I've kept, which is great because I'm now in, in conversations about uh, doing adaptations for TV over here, which is fantastic. Um, and, yeah, they're, they're very good like that. I mean, I think the entire contract was about four pages long, so you know, none of this confusing um, legalese or anything oh, like wow. that. Oh, that's, that's, that's good to hear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're a pleasure to work with. Yeah. So what inspired you to write your first book, your first fiction book? Um, I think it was a case of, I mean, people always say you should write the book you want to read. Um, I only found that out fairly recently. But um, I think it was a case of not having the book out there that I wanted to read. So I thought, well, I'll I'll write one myself. Um, I've always liked reading crime fiction, and I've always kind of written creatively, I suppose, not not professionally, though. So I I thought I'd have a go myself. And the first book was, um, it took me about, two and a half years to actually finish it because you know you're doing bits in evenings every now and again and not working on it for for weeks or months on end and it's it only came out about twenty five thousand words so yeah a bit of a slow burn whereas now i'm putting out a, a 50 60 000 word book every every month or two so i'm i'm getting the hang of it now oh, wow yeah that's that's impressive uh, and what's your uh, do you like do you plot extensively or do you kind of just uh, what do you say it's that pantsing i think that's just kind of just Make it up as you go along. Yeah, uh, I've tried dancing, and I would love to. And I'm insanely jealous of all the people I, I see who just sit down and write chapter one, and and go through a book and and manage to get it finished. I'm insanely jealous. I'd love to be able to do that because I hate planning books, but I have to, and I have to do it assiduously, really, and and really get the full structure of the book as well. I read a lot about about story structure and what makes story work, what makes books work. And I'm always planning very, very carefully because so many times I've kind of had a, a vague idea. I've you know, sketched out a rough outline and I've then gone and started writing. I've got halfway through and got completely lost. Um, and that happened with, with Her Last Tomorrow, the book that really took off. 
and that sat in the drawer unfinished for about six months and I, I nearly didn't put it out at all I kind of finished it by accident because I was I was a bit bored I, I was between books I didn't know what I was going to write next and I figured that trying to finish a book that was half written would be easier and thankfully I did and it's, it's kind of scared me a bit since then to you know I, I don't want to do that again and and, and have a, a potentially best-selling blockbusting book that I, I don't finish because I haven't planned it properly so when you start to write and in your in, in the planning stages uh, what inspires you f to get your ideas is it like from the news or just uh, something you read and then you think oh that, that would make a good story or yeah 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 both of those things um also I, I read a lot and watch a lot of um thrillers and things on tv so i'm always getting ideas for things now perhaps it might just be one one small element that i think oh i like that and you run away with it and and create a, a totally different plot from it um and, and also things i mean murder mysteries um or what helps with the kempson hardwick ones is watching and reading other similar things and thinking oh i think i know what's going on here you try and work out the puzzle yourself and always inevitably i'm completely wrong but but prefer my way so so i i, I go out and I, I write my um my version of it my, my take on it i suppose um but you know people say there are only seven stories so if you keep um keep reading keep watching things always going around with open eyes and open ears then ideas come to you and i i drop them all down in notebooks uh, digital ones and real ones and i i just flick through those and, and try and put things together sometimes i might take a character from one notebook and a, a setting from another plus you know a, a few lines of dialogue from here and just brainstorm really and, and come up with something from there and when you start putting your your uh, stories together do you like do you use like word or use like a writing software yeah i use scrivener to write um, and it, it's great for planning as well because i can i can draw out the structure on there um i can list out the chapters and what's going to happen so i always know what i'm writing i don't sit down in the morning and go right what do i write now because I've, I've got the chapters laid out there in order already it's just a case of clicking onto one reading the notes that i've written before about what that chapter is going to be about and and cracking on with it oh i see so yeah so even before you sit down all the chapters are already they're, they're empty but they're there with little notes and ready to go that's a that's a great idea <laughs> yeah so otherwise i know a lot of writers who get up in the morning they make a coffee they sit and read the paper they and you're kind of procrastinating and putting things off and i've, I've done that myself so to know that i can just sit down and look at something and you know that's telling me what to write for that day essentially so um and that's another reason why i, why I plan quite a lot too and do you have like a word goal of a daily good uh, word set a goal set that you have for yourself or yeah uh, a minimum of two thousand words a day but uh, yeah, often more. I have I have had ten and twelve thousand word days, which are they feel great when you do them. But for the next two or three days, you're completely wiped out. So, so it, it probably works out about the same in the long run. But yeah, that's my my minimum. I do have some time off in between books. I'm I'm having a bit of downtime at the moment because I've just uh, just finished one that comes out at the end of this month. So, but yeah certainly when i'm actually writing a book it's it's about two thousand words a day yeah it is those i i, I hit ten thousand once and it was like kind of like running a marathon or something it's, it's like wiped out at the end <laughs> <laughs> you just sit in the corner yeah, like in the field position <laughs> what's that what's your new book that's coming out now that you uh are, are publishing soon here uh that is the sixth i believe uh night in culver house book 
called In the Name of the Father, um, in which they investigate um, a local, uh, a, a religious cult on a local farm, um, which uh, is, is, is fast becoming a, a suicide cult. And, um, and, and the guy who runs it is, is essentially killing people who, who want to leave and exercising his control over them. So it's, it's a very dark book compared to the ones that I've written before, but also quite a lot of fun. Yeah, that sounds uh, right up my alley. I'll have to check that out when you, when you publish that. That uh, sounds fascinating. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's, it's one of those books that I got halfway through and I thought, I really don't like this, uh, as I do with, with every book that I write. But yeah, it seems to have worked. And um, yeah, the feedback from, uh, from early readers has been fantastic. So I'm yeah, eagerly looking forward to it. And do you do a lot of uh, research before you start get down to write? I do, yeah. I, I did quite a bit of reading for this one on um, on on cults and uh, the sort of Jim Jones um, uh, situation. I think it was in, in over in Africa, um, and yeah, I try not to read too much sometimes and to kind of let my imagination go. But yeah, there are times when you you do need to speak to experts or you do need to. Um, uh, yeah, to do a bit more and I spoke to a couple of people who had been involved in religious cults in the States as well for this book um, but yeah it, it depends a lot of the time I'm doing my research as I'm writing as well I'll, I'll write something and I think oh actually I need to speak to somebody about this um, and you know you, you try and call on people as you're going so it depends um, this one was quite quite research light really compared to a lot of the other ones yeah it's a fascinating uh, Jim Jones actually before they moved to Guyana they were here in San Francisco where I live I mean this is you know, way before I have my time yeah. but it's just it's just kind of creepy that all that was here <laughs> that started here in, in this city yeah. yeah I mean it's based on, on psychology as well the way these things work and that's what fascinates me um, I try and build a lot of um, sort of psychological stuff into my, my crime books as well because it, it's always something that's interested me and do you have like a uh, when you start writing? Uh, do you have like a, a a special spot that you go to, like a, a home office, or you go to a coffee shop, or where do you do your writing? Yeah, I've got got an office in the, uh, in the back bedroom, um, so that's uh, sort of exclusively where that's where I'm sat now. So I've got my my desk looking out um, the window over the garden. I've got bookcases both sides of me, and yeah, it's it's purely my space, which is great. Um, sometimes it's you know it gets a bit hot up here in the summer, so I'll go and sit in the conservatory or in the garden. Or um, I'm not someone who can write with distractions, though. A lot of people have the radio on or they listen to music. Some people go to, to cafes and coffee shops, but I just can't do that. I can't you know I can't have any music on. Or if I do, it has to be music that doesn't have any lyrics, because yeah, you know, I, you know, I sit there and, and realise that I've actually just typed out <laughs> the lyrics. Rather than any you know, any meaningful prose, so um, yeah, I, I am I'm a creature of habit, I suppose, when it comes to my writing, and I, I tend to do most of my writing in the morning first thing, and it's just it's just what works best for me. Yeah, that's uh, I'm the same way too, because then I'll hear a song I like, and I'll be like, oh, whatever happened to that singer? And I'll go next thing I know, I'm on, on Google, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, and that's another pitfall for me for researching things as i go because you end up googling something and you get you realize it's three o'clock and you've written five words so so who are some of your uh, your writing influences well i think i'm influenced by everything i read but i suppose the ones that have probably most informed my writing would be people like uh, peter james uh, stephen king for their their style of writing and then the way they uh, get things across in a, a very simple straightforward way and keep the plot moving as well so um i'd say probably those um in terms of writing style 
but yeah i i read it a lot and i, I try and i suppose all writers we're like, we're like sponges everything we see everything we hear we we take it on board and everything uh, informs our writing and and our style of writing and how many books do you have published uh, so far good question uh, i i think uh i think 13 <laughs> well, that's great that's a, <laughs> that's a good problem there. to have to not remember because you have so many out <laughs> well the problem is I, well, I know how many I've written but how many are out I'm not sure because I'm, I'm releases at the moment and obviously with working with Amazon through Thomas and Mercer I'm always uh, you know they've always got a book or two that I've delivered to them that's not been released and, and vice versa so yeah I think I'm around 13 now and do you still find time to read uh, with a busy schedule absolutely yeah yeah, I always try and read probably at least an hour a day. So uh, I know a lot of writers who don't, who just say, I've not got the time for it, or I don't get the same enjoyment out of books now that I know how they work. And I, I can understand that. I do I do read books in a different way. But, yeah, I always always try and make time for it, definitely. And so when you're in your books, do you does any of your personality end up in any of your characters? The, the, the good or the bad? <laughs> <laughs> I would like to say no, and I think everybody who knows me is probably screaming yes at this point. Um, yeah, I, I think there's uh, probably bits of me in, in all of the characters. I know some friends of mine think that Kempston Hardwick is, is who I would like to be. Um, this kind of odd Victorian throwback recluse. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, yeah, I suppose bits of me do creep into your writing. You can't, you can't avoid that. Um, but one thing I, I never do is I never base any characters on any, any real people purely because I've never met anyone interesting enough to, to be a character. I think <laughs> I just think life in general is, is quite boring, really, and that's why I invent these, these fictional worlds and fictional people. And so do, will you, do you already have, like, for 2017, I mean, do you already have kind of like an idea of how many books you're going to be working on and how far in advance do you plan? Oh, I, I plan quite a long way in advance, I suppose, even, especially career-wise. I know, I know where I want to be at certain points and I know which, which milestones and things I want to hit. In terms of the books, um, it's a case of just keeping keeping going, really. I know that I've got um, one out from Amazon at the beginning of March, and I, I imagine it'll probably be at least six next year. But the, the, the cycle I'm hitting at the moment is to have a, uh, a novel every two months, and in the months in between to have a, a short story out. Um, I've, I've had one out so far with um, on the Kindle Singles label, and uh, hoping to hoping to do more if if they don't um, if, if they don't fancy them then I'll put them out myself. It's nice to kind of cycle the the novels and the and the short stories. Yeah, it is a nice freedom to have that. Like you said, if they don't want it, you'll just do it yourself. That's such such cool freedom that we have now in this. Uh... Yeah, I mean it's it's great to do it through I mean, Kindle singles, especially is is fantastic because you you are essentially self publishing with the benefit that they give you an editor and a cover design. Um, so you publish it through your own KDP dashboard. Um, you put it up there at 99 cents or 99p, and rather than getting 35% royalty at that level, they give you 70%. So it's, you know, you get a free cover design, a free editor, and double the royalty. So, yeah, great if they take them. It's, um, it's fantastic. That's a big chunk of the, of, of the cost to put a book out there <laughs> that they're picking up. It is, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's at 99 cents, but it, it's been out um probably about a month and a half and it, it does really well it's uh, you know it doesn't make loads of money but you know considering i wrote it um in a week 
um, and not even in a week really. I was I was on holiday in on a Greek island in um, in August, and while my wife was getting ready in the evenings, I was out in the balcony writing this this short story. I got it finished inside a week, so yeah, it's not not bad really for you know, for the time it took. Yeah, I just found out I was just in Italy in uh, in August, and uh, we have friends live there, and it's the first time I've been there, and I didn't realize that seems like all of Europe goes on vacation in August and holiday. <laughs> oh yeah, so cool. Yeah, yeah, Britain. <laughs> it's like everything shuts <laughs> down. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're like uh, we're like migrating birds. We all head south. So yeah, it, it, it's um, I suppose it in 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 America and a lot of places where the weather's you know if you're in an area where the weather's warm all the time, there's no need to go anywhere. But uh, yeah, it's I suppose it's a very it's a very European thing that we all all disappear off for a fortnight. Uh, so I was reading on your website about, and you'd mentioned it before that you're having um, one of Kimston Hardwick is being uh, turned into uh, British television. I can't say much at all, really, but um, yeah, we're, there are meetings being had, and um, all I can say is that I'm. Um, it, it's it's not the kind of traditional case of being able to just hand something over to somebody and have them do it. But I've got um, got a lot of creative control, and and I'm involved in the the writing and, and adaptation as well. So that's. Um, yeah, that's that's fantastic. Oh, yeah, that's exciting. So good luck with that. So we'll keep we'll keep an eye on that. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll tell you yeah, more when okay, I can. Cool. Yeah, we'll have you back. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so um, it says uh, I was also reading your bio that before you started writing, you were a, a consultant and doing uh, internet marketing. Did, do you find that the, that that skill uh, helped you when it came to the business side of publishing uh, fiction? Uh, yes and no. Yeah, it's something I get asked quite a lot. And I mean, when I was doing internet marketing, I was um, I was selling uh, personalised car license plates using search engine optimization. So a totally different thing from from marketing books. And to be honest, I don't think I've I've really brought any of that on board. I suppose the basic marketing principles might have helped, but I think I think more the business principles of running a small business I think have helped. And knowing that. Um, I think especially as a self-publisher, you've got to be an entrepreneur at the same time. You can't just, um, you know, you can't be just the writer. You've got to be the business owner as well. So I think I think that's probably been been more useful to me, the business experience. Yeah, especially if you want to try to do, it, do this as a, make a living out of it, you really have to treat it as a business versus if you just want to do it for a hobby or fun, then that's fine. But to take it to the next level, you really need that discipline. Yeah, and I think that's probably where the future of publishing lies. A lot of people say, do you think traditional publishers will die out? I say, no, they won't. But the way it's going to go is that people who want to go their own way, people who are entrepreneurially minded, will naturally want to self-publish because there are far bigger um, rewards to be had there if you're of that mindset. But a lot of people I know don't, don't want to do that. They want to write a book hand it over to somebody else and that other person takes control of the marketing sorts out the cover design does everything like that and that's that's what traditional publishers are for i suppose you, you you're essentially paying someone else to to do that work which is which is fine yeah yeah that's yeah that's what somebody's goal is that's you know more more power to them but yeah it's a i keep hearing of the advances are for unknown people you know i mean there's of course there's people who make a ton of money <laughs> but but for an unknown, unknown person, the advance is going to be tiny, and um, they're not going to do that much work for you. <laughs> but, but yeah, it, it depends on on what you want, I suppose. It, you know, if you're not business minded, then you know it, it's probably best that you don't go self publishing because you you almost definitely won't sell books if you're you know if you don't have that that drive to go out and, and market yourself and promote yourself. Yeah, I noticed on your website, it's at adamcroft.net, that you have. Uh, 
just want to let people know, and I'll have a link on the on the website for the listeners. Um, but you're giving away a couple of your short stories, so I always want to let people know about that. Yeah, 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 absolutely. It's um, yeah, it's, it's my my marketing drive for my my mailing list, really. Um, you know, no no spam or or anything like that. But yeah, I give away two short stories that aren't available anywhere else, so that's that's always a bonus. Uh, and yeah, in the middle of kind of updating and, and upgrading my website at the moment, so hopefully that'll have a lot more on it soon because it's been up there for for years and it's been sorely neglected. <laughs> oh, it looks nice, and you, I love your book covers too, by the way. <laughs> they're, they're really catchy. Thank you. Yeah, I'm always quite. Um, I, I love looking at book covers. I'm, I'm get quite critical of, of different covers sometimes. So, uh, so yeah, I do. I do put a lot of a lot of effort into you know getting really involved in that process uh, do you go back after your book is published do you like change the cover I, I know some authors go back and change the covers a whole bunch of times or do you kind of once it's done you move on to the next project i i have done yeah it was only in the last perhaps two or three years that the the covers have had that that real look and that brand to them um especially with the kempston hardwick ones that kind of uh, red and black style to them that's that's only really been there about about a year and a half something like that um, and before then, they, they didn't really have a kind of a uniform look and feel. Whereas now, people see a, a book cover of mine, they know immediately what series it's from. They know they know what they're getting. So, um, so yeah, I, I have gone back and, and, and changed them in the past, yeah. yeah but before I let you go, and we do have a kind of a mix of just readers, but we also have aspiring writers that listen to this show. I was just, if you have any advice that you can give them uh, for somebody who might be thinking about writing their first book? Uh, carry on keep going it's um even after nine ten books there's so many times where i was just sorely tempted to to give up and and get a proper job but fortunately i'm i'm stubborn and i'm pig-headed and i didn't and i carried on and that's that's all i can say really at some point the the tipping point will come if you if you persevere the, you know the reason a lot of people aren't successful isn't through through bad luck or or anything like that it's it's through giving up so so don't give up Thank you very much uh, for being on the on the podcast, and uh, we're looking forward to your uh, new book and that uh, BBC show. The BBC show, so you have to let us know. <laughs> no, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this episode of Meet the Thriller Author. I'd like to ask you to please review and rate this uh, podcast over on iTunes. It really helps me get the word out. If you take a few seconds of your time to uh, do that, it would be much appreciated. You can also visit my website at thrillingreads.com forward slash podcast for show notes on this episode, as well as information about the uh, podcast in general. And you can also sign up for my mailing list there. You'll be getting uh, special offers from our guests as well as information uh, behind the scenes information on the podcast and uh, please do visit my author website at alanpeterson.com i appreciate your support and so until next episode i will talk to you then